Welcome to the Rural Realities Podcast, presented by the Wisconsin Farm Center Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection. I'm Bill Baker. Today we discuss a topic that many will be able to relate to, and that's navigating marriage on the farm. Joining us is Ted Matthews, a mental health practitioner with more than three decades of experience in counseling in rural areas. Ted, thank you for joining us. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm from Duluth, Minnesota originally, and I've lived in Texas and Arizona, New York, and I started working with farmers in 1993, and I love what I do. I just can't think of a more of a passionate occupation than mine, and working with farmers has always been a delight for a lot of reasons. But one, you know, a lot of people don't realize, you know, if I've got a attempted suicide in one part of the state and I have a client to see in another part of the state, when I call that client and say, you know, I have an emergency, I have to go, never once in all these years has a farmer ever said, well, what about me? You know, about never. They say, call me as soon as you can and, and we'll reschedule. They're always just awesome. And so I just feel fortunate that I'm, I'm able to work with farmers and, and that makes my life pretty good. And, and I'm also lucky that my wife supports what I do. So if I come home at 10 o'clock at night, I don't have to think, oh, God, here we go. Instead, she'll say on my way home, you want me to make you something to eat? Did you have supper? And that makes my life a thousand times easier. So the support at home, when I talk about that to farmers in their relationship, it's just as important to me and my relationships. Absolutely. And that is a great segue for our topic this time, and that is navigating marriage on the farm. As you mentioned, the the marital relationship has issues that tend to come up quite frequently. So what are some of the, you know, stressors on the farm, maybe some of the situations where we find some of these conflicts with marriage? Well, one is obviously harvest time. And one of the things that that people don't really understand is, you know, if, if I say something to my spouse in anger, and I'm only angry for 35 seconds. She'll remember it for 35 years. And I need to know that what I say is, is a feeling. And that feeling is going to, there, there's going to be a reaction to that feeling. And that reaction is not going to be positive. And if we keep adding those up, it gets worse and worse and worse. We need to understand that we're accountable for what we say. And we can't just say, well, you know, it's harvest. And well, you know, it's, it's high stress time and all those things. Um, that emotion, if, if somebody is being negative to me, it just builds and it gets worse and worse and worse as time goes on. So that, that's one thing. If women do the books, they have a whole new outlook on farm than they had in the past. You know, back in the old days, women didn't do the books. So if a husband came home with a brand new John Deere, it'd be like, well, I guess that's what he needs. Now he comes home with a brand new John Deere and she does the books. Well, for one, he won't be able to do that because she won't sign for it. And for two, she will have an opinion. And that opinion could be, can't we wait? Uh, Can we get a used one? Can we get a smaller one? Do we have to get a John Deere? Uh, All of those kinds of things. And all of those reasons are to try to help the farm save money. The problem is, the parents and grandparents and great-grandparents didn't do that. So they have nobody to rely on to say, how did you do it? Because they didn't. And so that makes it a whole lot more difficult. And 
it, it isn't a bad guy, good guy thing. It, it's, it's a matter of, of how we communicate those things and understanding that both people are trying to make the farm stronger and better. And, you know, the, the third thing on that would be, you know, isolation. If, if she's living on the farm and not working in town, she's isolated. And that means isolated from a whole lot of people. And if I'm relying on one person and that one person is mad at me or I'm mad at that one person, uh, then who do I have? And so that can create a lot of loneliness and loneliness can turn into a lot of negative things in, in people's lives. Yes, stressful situations, they do happen. Sometimes your partner doesn't even know. Um, so what signs might a partner show if they're not happy in a marriage? Or, or what are the, some of the indicators? Less communication is the big one. They just give up talking about things. So they don't. And, and um, another thing is, you know, the alcoholism, drug abuse uh, increases. Um, and they tend to argue about things that they never argued about in the past, you know, little things. Um, it used to take a certain amount to get people into an argument, and all of a sudden it takes nothing at all to get them into an argument. So those are a few of the signs. So for a couple on the farm that realizes there is a conflict, what would be their first step, or, or how do they go about resolving that conflict? You know, for one... Women and men don't communicate the same way. And that's okay, but the tendency a lot of people have is to think that, you know, if you loved me, you'd understand. If you if you cared for the family, you'd, you know, do and and those may be true, but it's just as good a possibility that it isn't true at all. Uh simply a difference. And, and you know, an example that I use oftentimes is when men feel stress, they pull back. And the higher the stress, the more they pull back. When women feel stress, they want to talk more. And, and the more stress they feel, the more they want to talk about that. Why that can become so important is if, if a husband and wife are sitting down to talk about what's going on, and he's been pulling back and she's wanting to talk about it more, they're actually in conflict before they start. So they're already sitting down to an argument and not a word has been spoken yet. So they need to understand that the difference between them, that's one of the differences between them. And, and if they understand that, then they can start working on how they go forward from that. Um, if you start in a neutral place, you have a much better chance of accomplishing things than if you're already in conflict before you start talking. So that, that's one part. Another part is we tend to get mad when, especially if, if we're in high stress situations, and let's face it, in farming, that's a lot of times. So our anger shows, and I don't have time to talk about it now, and that's what he may say, and she may be thinking, when do you ever have time to talk about it? You always tell me that. And so after a while, she's going to stop saying that, and she's going to stop talking about it. And he may see that as, oh, she understands that I'm really busy. And the reality is she's thinking, why bother? And that is not a positive thing. That's a major negative thing. So getting, getting to know those things can be really helpful for, for that couple. And, 
Um, always remember, and, and, and I tell this to people all the time when I talk about anger, drop your IQ 50 points. Has anybody ever noticed the fact that um, when you're angry, four-letter words are real easy, but eight-letter words never come out of your mouth? That's because we truly do dummy down. You know, our brain gets smaller. And, and because of that, we say all kinds of things. And, and one of the consequences to that oftentimes is we say those things, then we get all done with that, and we forget about it. And then when somebody says, you know, you said this to me, and that really hurt my feelings, and they say, well, all I said was, and that might be all they said, but the tone they used, the attitude they had behind that statement becomes really significant to the person they're talking to, but they may truly not realize the tone and the attitude they had behind it as they reflect on it. So those are things that couples can talk about. It hurts my feelings when your tone is like this. And the person that is saying that, the other person needs to hear that hurts their feelings, not why does it hurt your feelings? It shouldn't hurt your feelings. All of those kinds of things are really manipulative, and it means they're not listening. You know, I, I feel what I feel, and whether I should or I shouldn't is irrelevant in this. I do feel that way. And so I need you to hear that that's how I feel in order to get anything accomplished in our conversation. Another thing is respect. The tendency people have is to respect people that agree with them. That's easy. Anybody can respect somebody that agrees with them. We need to respect people whether we agree or not. And in, in relationships, um, I can think totally different than my spouse. That doesn't meet, make me right or wrong or anything in between, nor does it make her anything. It, it means we simply disagree. And if I don't respect her, then I am not going to listen to her. So I would tell anyone who's listening, anyone who hears this, to understand that don't bother. If you don't respect the person you're talking to, don't bother talking to them. And if you don't respect them, but you want to respect them, then you better start working on that because relationships will dissolve quickly if we don't respect each other. And again, I did not say agree. I said respect. We respect the fact that I can feel whatever way I feel. I can say whatever I need to say and be nice about that. What happens when, you know, this conflict, you're stuck and there's no real resolution in sight? Uh, what type of outside source would you go to? And we hear about marriage counseling. What would be the next step in, in a situation like that? Well, for one, if people go to marriage counseling, they need to see that as a conflict resolution situation. And the sooner you work on conflict resolution, the better the odds are that it will work. One of the things that I caution people on, and as a matter of fact, I'm very blunt about this, uh, if a couple comes in to see me, one of the first things I tell them is, if you're here because you don't want to be the bad guy, don't bother to come back because you're wasting my time. If they come in to work on the marriage, then that means they have to work. You know, you don't get the plants in the ground, you don't harvest without going out there and working. You don't develop a good relationship without working. And 
if it's not working and you seek help, whether it be from clergy or, or a psychologist or whoever, you need to understand that with those listening skills and, and the whole goal is to build a healthier, better relationship. It isn't because there's something wrong with the other person. Frankly, it takes a lot more courage to work on those things than to not work on them because working on those things is just that, work. Men and women are not alike in a lot of ways, but if we're going to have children and they're going to have a farm and they're going to be in a relationship, they had better learn how to communicate and get along. And if that's a difficult time for them or if it's getting worse, then they need to seek some help. Because if they don't, if it's deteriorating as time goes on and, and you don't do anything, what on earth would you think would happen if you don't continue to do anything? It's going to turn out bad. So you have to look at those things. You have to understand that the healthiest relationships are not the ones where everybody agrees. As a matter of fact, I know some people who are truly opposite of each other and really, really happy with each other because for one, they respect the other person. For two, they listen to the other person and they understand that the difference is okay. It's not like if I think one way, I need to see if I can't talk you into that way. That type of manipulation brings that marriage further and further apart. And the whole idea of it is to get closer. The way we get closer is identifying those things. Um, I have wives tell me the top five reasons they want to work on their marriage. What are the top five reasons? And then I have husbands do the same thing. And almost always, the husband will try to cheat and say, well, what does she say? What, what, is, what is on her list? And then he can decide whether he agrees with that or not, or, or he wants it. And the truth is, not only is it important that both people have their own list, but it's also important that they're serious about what number is on that list. If my number one is your number five, you can't say, well, it's both on the list. Because if that's my number one, that means that's the most important to me or the most difficult for me. So because of that, I need to understand that that's the most important thing to you and respect that and talk about that with the respect that it is due not, well, it's not all that important. A simple example of that is I have people sometimes talk about how they feel in a situation with their spouse, and I give the spouse a pen and pencil, and I have them write down what that other person said. And almost always, the things that they don't write down are the things that they don't think are that important. And the other person identifies that as being important. And it's not because they don't care. It's that their brain says, I just don't see that as being significant. And that goes for both men and women. I, I just don't see that as being significant. So the reason they don't write it down is, is it's like, oh, yeah, well, that's, that's no big deal. And it might be a huge deal for the other person. So, you know, all of those kinds of things and working on those kinds of things and understanding that relationships are difficult, but incredibly rewarding if you work at them, just like with farming. If you don't do anything, if, if you get up in the morning and say, not today, well, good luck. 
you know, if you get up in the morning and you say the same thing about your relationship, well, good luck. That's a really good point. And for those married couples out there on the farm that are that are getting along and don't want to see something like this happen and are trying to avoid conflicts, they're working at their relationships. What should they be focusing on? First of all, be a good listener, not a good fixer, a good listener. If I'm telling you how I feel about something and it's it's difficult for me, and you interrupt me to give me pointers, the chances are pretty good I've thought of those things, and also the chances are pretty good that I'm going to be annoyed by you for saying that. I literally have had sessions where people have come in and talked to me for a solid hour, and I never said a word, and when they left, they said, great session. And they didn't know I didn't say anything because they talked. They were allowed to talk through what they were feeling. They were listened to and it made them feel better, and they never realized I had nothing to say. So understand that listening is is a skill where if we think we have to fix it, our brain is not attuned to listening. It's attuned to fixing. And if I think I need to fix it, I am not going to be very good at listening. So understand that all of us want to be heard. And and when we're feeling a lot of stress and we want to talk to somebody, you also need to consider it an honor that they trust you enough to talk about those very emotional things that they're going through, whatever they are. And, And see that as a major plus, not, oh, here we go again, or whatever. Some people may be thinking that the most important thing is that I trust you enough to share things that I am vulnerable about. And I'm sharing those things with you. I need you to feel those things for me and to accept what I'm saying, not fix what I'm saying, but accept what I'm saying. And another thing that I really need to focus on too is how many women now work off the farm? Forever, it was such a simple system. Husband does everything outside, wife does everything inside, life is simple. Well, now women do the books, women work off the farm. If they work off the farm, oftentimes they're working for the wrong reasons. Wrong reasons being to pay down the debt or to pay for their insurance. Now, if that's the reason they're working off the farm and they come home, and when they get home, there's no support in in that difficult thing that they're doing and all that's talked about is the farm that's a great way to put a huge wedge in the relationship if a husband sees their wife working off the farm to help the farm they need to talk about it they need to talk about it often and the tendency sometimes is to focus on farm 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 that is not a healthy thing to do so i would suggest that you listen to their stressors because if if they can't talk to you they'll talk to somebody else i'll guarantee you that because everybody needs somebody to talk to so be that listener and understand that farming is a part of the family you know i ask people all the time what's the most important thing to you and every farmer i know always answers it the same way family and then i say what have you done for your family and then it's silent because they work they do all of those things but 
they put the family last, even though emotionally they put it first. And the higher the stress level, the further back the family goes. I'm not saying they should stop working. I'm saying they should identify if that's the number one thing in their life, then they should be looking at what have I done for my family? And what is my family doing for me? And what are we doing to have that happy home that everyone talks about? Because again, it's like everything else in family, it takes work. We have to do something to make it work. You can't just assume. That's, that's a huge problem in marriages, assuming. Assuming everything's okay. Assuming because he didn't say anything or because he didn't say it enough or he didn't say it right that it's not that important. Big mistake. Those are some great points, Ted. Any final thoughts as we close out the podcast today? Truly understand that you're in this together and that everybody plays a part and there is no more important part than another part. Um, if, if, if it fits together, you have a happy home. If you're working together to make it healthier and stronger and better, your life will improve. And like everything else, if you don't put work into it, you're going to get nothing out of it. So never assume anything. Make sure that you know where you're at and and be supportive of your partner and, of course, your children also. Thank you again, Ted, for the time today. Ted Matthews, a mental health practitioner with over 30 years of experience in counseling in rural areas, with his focus for the past two decades on farmer mental health support. More details at farmcounseling.org. The Wisconsin Farm Center with the Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection provides an array of different services to farmers and farm families across Wisconsin, including farm mediation, financial planning, herd-based diagnostics, the counseling voucher program, transition and succession planning, and much more. To learn more, you can call the Wisconsin Farm Center toll-free at 1-800-942-2474 or email them farmcenter at wisconsin.gov. Also, their website address is datcp.wi.gov. Also, if you're experiencing depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, or just need a welcoming ear to talk to, call the free and confidential 24-7 Wisconsin Farmer Wellness Hotline at 888-901-2558. That's 888-901-2558 to talk with a licensed mental health professional any day, any time. Until next time, thank you for listening to the Rural Realities Podcast.